these have just been fascinating conversations for me because I think that we've sort of waded into that that area of health and fitness and diet and self-improvement that are kind of tough to pull apart. It's kind of hard to sometimes extract who we are from what we do and vice versa and not have it just take over our, our minds and our lives and you know, how much of this is, comes easy for us and how much of it do we actually have to work for? And so one of the things that Ruby and I were talking about offline in sort of our dialogue about where to take the next part of the conversation is, you know, there's a there's an aspect of this that I think bears mention. And it's a couple things and we could take this a lot of different directions and perhaps we will, um, is, you know, how do you define progress for yourself? Um, whether you are a coach like one of us, and you define progress by uh, how many clients you have, for instance, or how good of results collectively those clients are seeing. And if you're the fitness enthusiast, is it about the weight that you lose? Is it about the weight that you lift? Um, is it about being better than the people uh, that you train with, uh, being the best of the heap? And uh, and then you know not getting lost in the comparisons because it's easy to look around and you know if you're a guy and you train with other guys, you know why are they stronger or weaker than you? Um, and how do you get there? And what are the levers? And what's the age difference? And what's the stress difference? And all these different things that actually affect our ability to be successful on any given spectrum. Um, so I'm going to stop right there because I know there's a lot of directions to take this. Um, and, you know, we, we definitely try to tread carefully, uh, Ruby and I do, because there's always going to be a perspective out there that we're likely going to miss. Um, and it certainly isn't for lack of trying. So, uh, Ruby, I'm going to let you take it away on this one. That's actually the exact thing. Like there are so many people out there that are quick to hop on you or bark up someone else's tree because it goes against what they hold as true. And this is the thing with social media. The more that you have someone tout a certain a certain way of eating or a certain way of training, the more that you hear that, the more that you're exposed to it, the more that you see it, the more that that's all you know. And that becomes your truth, regardless of whether it makes logistical sense for the person that you are right now like trying to get someone from an Asian country to go keto when the base of their diet is carbs. Like they might see all this stuff saying keto is the only way, carbs are evil, that's going to make them fat, it's going to make them sick. Yet it goes against everything that they were brought up on and they didn't have any issues up until now most of the time. Yet all of a sudden they're getting told this completely different thing that is backed by all these other people that they aren't actually putting one-on-one together. Like, hey, it never was an issue for me before, but all of a sudden it is an issue. Our logic goes down the toilet because emotion takes over. And something I realized today is, well, I always knew it, but it just emphasized even brighter today is that it's almost like a religion. It's almost like politics. It's either one way or the other way. It's so dogmatic that people aren't asking enough questions. What's your opinion on BFR bands? What's your opinion on keto? I have these love handles here and I don't know what to do about it. I'm training so hard five days a week. I'm doing the cardio, I'm lifting the weights. I'm getting stronger, I'm feeling fitter. 
I'm only six weeks into this. I'm only six weeks into this and I still have these love handles. I already feel like I'm getting fitter, I'm getting stronger, but I still have these love handles. <laughs> I've been doing this for six weeks. Why, why are these? Why are my results not more dramatic? <laughs> I should hop to something else. <laughs> exactly. It's the, the reason I emphasized so much of that is six weeks. What do you expect to achieve in six weeks? Everything, Ruby. <laughs> on things yesterday. It's absolutely ridiculous. But I don't know whether you actually rewind this episode if you didn't hear me say it. I'm feeling fitter. I'm getting stronger. But these love handles, where energy goes, where focus goes, energy flows, focus flows. It, it works both ways. And the thing is, energy, what is energy? It's not just calories. It's not just electricity. Energy is thoughts. Energy is movement. If you're going to focus on all the things you hate about yourself, you're going to move everything in that direction to things that don't serve you. And it's like, okay, everything that you do in the gym, everything that you do in your food, nutrition, pursuit, it's a skill at best. Like it, in its most simplest form, you're learning skills to train a certain way, to eat a certain way for a lifestyle. Now, other skills that you are learning leading to your success or are they things that are pulling you back and taking you further away what are those skills doing because everything that you do it goes by the law of repetition just like james please says do something once yeah cool do something twice uh-huh uh-huh do something again and again it becomes a habit here's something again and again it becomes a truth the more that you move in the direction that is not serving you, the further and further you're getting away, not only physically, but mentally from your goal. And it's like the law of plants as well. Like the more that you nourish a plant, the more it's going to flourish. The more that you starve the plant of the nutrients it needs, that like nutrients for us isn't just the foods that we eat. Movement in itself is medicine like our lymphatic system needs movement our fascia that has that holds all our muscles and keeps them you know like mobile needs movement like you need to move your body it's almost like when you have doms like sore muscles after training and you do absolutely nothing afterwards it actually feels worse once you start to move but when you move you're you're moving the the metabolite the stuff in that like the stuff that causes the muscle soreness around you're moving your body and in moving your body you're healing your body in that process so there's so much to the puzzle in that if you just zoom out you will realize that the food that you eat is only part of the puzzle what that bitch the scale say is only part of the puzzle and this is the thing like if i told you that tomorrow you're going to wake up on the scale you're going to wake up go on the scale and it's going to read the number that you've always wanted to see on the scale and it's going to go down 10 pounds five pounds whatever it is are you really going to be happy with that 
what is your inner dialogue if all of a sudden blah 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 you wake up get on the scales and it's actually telling you what you want you look in the mirror are you happy there is so much more to the process than just what a bloody number on the scale says i had this conversation with a girl the other day as well this is someone that came to me with the worst gut health the worst gut health and she is so adapted and adjusted to her levels of stress that she doesn't see it as an issue because it's been that way her whole life mind you she's hovering around 50 now she's been that way her whole life not like that it's like you're so emotionally attached to your way of being that you're not really thinking yeah i've been this way the whole, my whole life and i'm not where i want to be so maybe it isn't working no, 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 no. You don't see it that way. You just see it. No, nah, this is this is how it is. I don't need to fix anything because you're so focused on that one thing. And when you become so focused on that one thing, everything else goes out the window. To bring in another example, something my dad always says to me, you really don't know anything about half the shit in the world. You're too focused on just your one thing. I'm like, yeah, because this is my one thing. And my dad's always listening to the radio. So whenever I have to ask you about something that's going on about COVID or the world, he's like, you really don't know what's going on. It's like, no, I'm so tunnel visioned on like this, like my world here, which is like people that I can help, things that I actually care about. But in doing that, I don't know what's going on in other state, like other countries in the world, because I don't watch TV. I don't care about other people's lives. I don't really look into that stuff and the same goes for your training if you're so focused on just that one scale just that one metric you really don't realize everything else that's going on it becomes white noise but when you zoom out you start to see it all like you actually realize hey i'm moving in the right direction think of it like you're putting together a puzzle piece we're going to go back to this girl now do you really think that if your gut isn't digesting properly you're getting reactions to everything that you eat because you start to feel bloated. Your stomach starts to create gases. You feel uneasy. You're having problems going to the bathroom. You're having problems sleeping. Your moods are getting fuzzy. Your performance in the gym means that you're not actually putting in the best that you can. And something else that comes with poor gut health is that you actually cannot have the capacity to build muscle as you should. You're not really going to be building muscle with all the, like, it's like you're putting in the work in the gym, but you're not seeing the results. And I'm sure so many people can agree with that. And it comes down to being so focused on the progress. You're focused on the progress, not on the process. You're focused on the outcome, not on the habits that you do every single day, and within the day that when they compound, what do you think is going to happen? Like they will create the results that you're after. But if you're just chasing that result, you're missing all the steps in between. And if you stuff up, it's going to be like, okay, one of the, there's a leak, there's a leak in the room in my bedroom. Let's just knock down the whole house and build another house. It's, it's the same thing. Like, no, there is so much more to it. Just seal up that and there's other rooms in the house that you can do other things for now until that's sorted. But people are too quick to jump on the thing that 
triggers them the most, which is usually the scale weight because that's what we've been brought up to believe. And when emotion is in it, there really is no logic and that's when you lose. So when you zoom out and realize, okay, so when I actually start focusing on the process and the habits that get me there, I actually start to feel better. And actually in turn, you may not even see the scale move and it may go up because, hey, you're starting to heal your gut now. Guess what? You can actually build muscle now because you and you are not what you eat. Going back to the whole health topic here, you are not what you eat. People are so quick to throw that around. Calories in, calories out. You are what you eat. No, 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 no. You are what you absorb. And if your gut health is poor, you cannot absorb the nutrients from your food. And if you're not able to actually absorb the things that you need, especially B vitamins, iron, magnesium, zinc, iron, your thyroid health, down the toilet. Your metabolism, down the toilet. Metabolism isn't just about fat burning. Metabolism is about catabolism and anabolism, which is breaking down things and creating things. And anabolism doesn't just mean creating muscle. It also means creating fat. And catabolism doesn't just mean breaking down muscle. It also means breaking down fat. That is what the metabolism is. So once you start feeding your body the nutrients it needs, the processes start to work the way that they should. And results start to come that much easier. And it goes back to what I was talking about in the first part of our series. A healthy body is a responsive body. And if your body isn't in a proper state of health, it's going to be clinging on for survival because that is what our bodies are designed to do. And that is why it is so important to zoom out and think of your body in parts because that's technically what it is. It's just that all of these different parts work together. And that's not just physically, but mentally as well. Because mentally, there's a part in our head that wants to protect us. But then there's also the ego part of our brain that just wants to go for things. And it's being able to actually pick the one that you need or reconcile two of them together to move to where you want to go. And that's a big part of the puzzle, really. Yeah, it's, you know, as you're, as you're talking about this and, you know, there's, there's really a, as I mentioned in the intro, there's so many different directions to take this. You know, if we, if we kind of just laser focus on progress for a second, whatever it means for the individual, um, you know, for you and I, most of our clients have a weight loss goal, w whether it's a little bit of weight because they want to compete or it's a lot of weight for whatever reasons, health reasons, aesthetic reasons, whatever the case is. And um, there's a there's a client that I continue to reference somewhat ambiguously, uh, number one, because she's still a client of mine, and number two, because I think it probably highlights the point better than anything else that I can think about. And when this client came to me, she had weight to lose. She'd never really been part of a gym atmosphere before. And, um, and so she, first, I think she was just looking for a place that felt comfortable. Like, where can I go where I feel like I can be myself and where I feel like no one's going to make fun of me or they're going to look at me weird because I don't look like a typical quote unquote gym person. And so although weight loss was the number one goal when she started, um, it, it really wasn't, it wasn't in the cards for her to lose a dramatic amount of weight right from the onset. We had to focus on other things. We had to focus on the fact that 
she was going to be consistent with her workouts. Progress number one that a lot of people can't hit um, is they'll, they'll pay for a gym membership, but they won't show up. She had to focus on getting stronger, and she was and is very strong. Um, but, you know, strength, just like weight loss, doesn't move in a linear fashion. So, you know, you get that, that newbie gains thing that happens right at the onset. You know, when the, when the body's doing things it's never done before, and it's like, wow, those numbers just keep going up week after week and month after month until they don't. And then you have to, you know, take a couple steps back and go, okay, well, where did, where did form break down on that exercise? How do I, how do I pull it back a few steps and do it better? And so then that becomes progress. You know, so you have, you have the progress of making strength until you hit your first strength plateau, and then you go, okay, well, let's let's deconstruct this. How do I move better? How do I make this movement perform better so that I can break past the plateau? And so that becomes again another progress point. And for this particular client, the one thing that she sort of had sort of working in the background while she's working on being consistent at the gym and getting stronger and getting more confident in the way that her body moves is she was also in therapy. And therapy was helping her sort through whatever the noise was in her head for all the things that she brought to the table that perhaps may have led to things like weight gain. Um, to whatever degree she decided, okay, this is the point where I start to change the direction that's going. Um, but things had to change on a on a social level for her too. Things had to change within the dynamics of her relationships, like her intimate relationships. And once that did, once that change happened, that becomes the next progress point. Okay, my my social, my intimate part of my life is better. It's healthier. Now all of a sudden, now the pieces are in play for me to focus on fat loss. So I, I'm consistent with the gym. Boom. I'm getting stronger. Boom. I'm working through this therapy stuff outside of the gym that you know gives me a healthier mindset. Okay, we've got that too. Check. Now, now I've got all the things that I need so that I can focus on fat loss. And it was like once once we got to that part of the the journey, it was like the the weight just started to just sort of dribble off. And yes, she did have to be conscious of total caloric intake, but she already had a, a dietary philosophy that she felt worked best for her. So it was just about trying to like modify it to make sure, okay, well, what does my body need? And I, I don't like, I don't always want to talk about calories, but for this particular person, the one thing that we had to get really clear on was number one, what, what are my maintenance calories? Okay, what is that number for this individual? So we found that. And she goes, okay, well then, um, and I'll just use an arbitrary number, 2,000 calories. Should I be at 1600? And it's like, well, if, if 1600 works for you, yes, you know, but if it doesn't, like if you find that your body is like kicking and screaming all the way there, then 1600 isn't good. And so it became more of a conversation of, well, what happens at 1900? What happens just below maintenance? And that became a very good place to live. Yes, it slows down the rate of loss, but it also makes her happier. And so again, this is the next progress point. Are you happier? Like, are, does this control the spikes, the big oops that happens, you know, once a week or whatnot? So, you know, progress became very different things for this individual where right from the onset, if we had just taken that snapshot of life right when she started, the only progress point was weight loss. Well, we would have lost right at the beginning. Like we would have, we would have lost that battle right at the beginning because there was not a lot of weight loss 
to, to seek. There were too many other things that we had to solve first. And so that's where I kind of wanted to like pull this back around to where we started was it's like, what are you focusing on that's changed? Um, if weight loss is what you want, what are the things that contributed to weight gain to begin with, aside from calories? Like, are you sleeping poorly? Are you emotional eating? Like every time you're upset about something, you rush to the pantry. Um, are you um, are you not moving your body? Like, is your job sedentary? It, you know, what are you doing to actually get the body moving, get it feeling better? Um, can you make it up a flight of stairs without being out of breath? You know, find these other pockets of your life that it's like, this needs to be better because it wasn't always like this. And my life was better when it wasn't like this. Um, and I think that's where, you know, progress to me, in my mind, uh, yes, it's certainly more about the food that we eat, but the food's important. It's more than how we handle stress, but stress is so important. You talked about gut health, and obviously, you know, if your if your innards are all fucked up, that's gonna <laughs> that's that's gonna cause a problem too. Um, but you know, the thing is, I think so many people forget about this. They just go weight loss. So all I have is the scale, right? No, no, that's not all you have. You have so much more than a scale. <laughs> That, that's like what I said with where, where you focus, that's where energy goes. And actually, I love the way that I wrote this. It took me forever to write this on my post on Instagram today because I'm doing them in themes and it's all around binge eating and overeating at the moment. And something that I trickled it down to in a speech bubble is it may be hard to stop overeating and binge eating if you are too focused on the action itself and not addressing the root of it. The root of it being the mindset, thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that led to that action. And that can be taken in so many different ways, like the weight gain in the first place. And like like you said, with where she started in the first place, with just focusing on the weight. And if that's what she focused on, it wasn't going to move much because there was all this other baggage to get rid of before. Now, if you, if you visualize two ladders, one with rungs pretty close to each other on the way up and starting at a really close point to the ground, and then you focus on another ladder, which has rungs, the first one's a little too far out of reach, and then they all go up in massive, massive spaces. Sure. And you're not coming to this as just a human, as just a body. You're coming to it with a backpack. That backpack is full of the baggage that's in there from all the beliefs, all the thoughts, all the all the stuff that made you who you are today. A lot of us have big suitcases. Some of us may just have like a fanny pack because we've already worked through a lot of our stuff. Regardless of which ladder we take, a lot of the burden on our back is going to weigh us down. But regardless of what's on our back, that second ladder is still way out of reach. And if we if we actually put in arduous effort to even get to the first rung, guess what? You're going to have to do it again and again. And it's going to get to a point where it's just too much and you're going to relapse. Whereas if you do the first one, and you take those small steps, you build the confidence, put this into like a bumper sticker. It's like, we need to catch ourselves winning more because we're always emphasizing when we're struggling. We're always emphasizing when we're down. 
but we never catch ourselves when we're winning and make a big deal out of it because we might feel like we're too much. Can I, or, can I just, can I interject yeah. a little bit? We need to create yeah. more winning situations. Yeah. And, I, 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 and yeah, and I, and I mean, not, and not foster and not that it's all, all within our control. I don't, I don't want to give the wrong impression, but like, you know, there are so many areas of your life where you, you have an opportunity to create a win and you're not because to your point, there's other things that you're like, that you're losing at. So, you know, where's the focus at? Well, the focus is on the loss, create the win. Yeah. Where, where can you create the win? And if the only win that you've got is you drink a fucking glass of water, drink the water, low barrier to entry, <laughs> drink the water. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to bring this all the way back to what's, what is your perception of what progress is and to refine it even further. Who is it that you want to show up as? Not just now in the present, but in the future. Who is it you want to show up as? Who is that person? And what is it that they do? What is it that makes them the person that you desire to be? Because I'm pretty sure that person isn't self-deprecating, putting themselves down all the time, going back to that person that was going on about a love handles. We need to stop focusing on all the things we hate about ourselves all the things that we dislike here and there, the things that we need to stop doing and start thinking on all the things that we need to do, all the things that we want to do, because our needs will soon become things that we just enjoy doing because we realize they make us feel good. And back to the progress point, and I was listening over to my episode that I did with you, episode, I think it was 213, it was on, not the one before that, where you actually emphasize what I said, which is I love how you refer to yourself as short and stocky because you know who you are, you know what your body type is, and you realize that you can't like have these other people with different body types and shapes and genetics and all that stuff as your inspiration for I want her body because my body is never going to look like some six foot two person with a narrow waist. Because yes, I am short and I am stocky and I do not have a waist because my ribs pretty much kiss my hip bones. And it's knowing where you are at right now. And our job as a coach, and even if you don't have a coach, is we want to make you the best versions of yourself. That's really what it is. We're not trying to make you like Jenny from two-stage modeling. We're trying to make you like you but the best version of you that feels good, that functions well, that moves well. And I will say it all the time. Here's an example. The back squat, the barbell back squat is highly overrated. Why? Because not everybody can do a barbell back squat. They either don't have the mobility for it. They probably can't even hold a bar on their shoulders in a proper posture, proper stance for a back squat because they're office workers with like that that hunch that hunch over you know the typical office right, posture right <laughs> so like just just working on posture there is that is where you need to put your focus to start seeing progress it's not trying to get a friggin double body weight back squat because you can't even get a back like a bar on your back without really asking for injury and we can say the same about barbell deadlifts I reckon, thanks to my mentors, that the barbell in itself is highly overrated. And I know you yourself 
use a hex bar in your deadlifting sessions. Like there are so many more implements and so many more tools, not only for you to train yourself to become your best self, but even with food itself, like there are so many different avenues. It's trying to find what works for you in this moment to create a better version of yourself. And then once you solidify that base, then you can start to optimize on it more. And it's like you said with her, oh, what? Like it could be just like a typical person. We figure out, okay, so we can put you into 1800 calories as a deficit and you'll start seeing results. Cool. This person starts seeing results. Coach, this is awesome. Can we do 1600 now? <laughs> like it's, it's the same thing with everything. And then someone starts to get like into the whole groove of their workout. Hey coach, I have so much energy. Can I do a hit session on this day? And can I go to pole dancing with Sally? And can I also do the, 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 the marathon with like Tim over there? One, you haven't even put any like work into running and you want to do a marathon. It's almost like we get so egged up about the fact that we're starting to see progress that we put too much into the basket and I see this all the time that we overwhelm ourselves and it becomes too much and then we fall back to lower than where we started where we were probably at square three and now we're back to square one instead of just taking them one square at a time. It's it's almost like a game of snakes and ladders like where you can climb up where you choose to climb up a huge ladder and then all of a sudden you hit a snake and then you go lower than the ladder took it like lower than where you were before you took the ladder so you need to focus on taking the progressive steps without skipping the steps and being happy with your progress with where you are with like you said when she started to see that weight just trickle off it's almost like that whole thing because it's true because health isn't just physical health it's emotional and social and mental and she wasn't any of those sorts of health when she came to you and like we also established in our second episode people come to us for fat loss and I made a mistake in my coaching history where I was forced to jump onto the trains of all the other fitness professionals out there oh there's no such thing as toning oh this that the other it's like yeah okay cool so we know there's no such thing as toning but that's how the client understands it right so right that's how speak we their language and I use the word toning all the time now because of that. Because if we're not going to actually meet them at their barrier of entry, they're never going to come in. And we know our end goal of how to help how to help our clients. But we can't do that if we don't have that buy-in first. And they're coming to us for fat loss. We're trying to show them that there is so much more to that puzzle. And what she started to realize hey, I'm actually getting more regular sessions in. I'm starting to feel stronger. And something you do all the time in your revolutionary group is you congratulate people on their strengths, on their PRs, on their PBs and things that they do that hardly have anything to do with fat loss, even though you do put it in there because that's what clients want to hear, that, hey, I'm getting stronger, but still weight is coming off. But that's that's the thing like you focus on all of these other things that are creating the better you and i was saying it to jason today i'm like oh, time flies i can't believe it's like like well it's tuesday night here 
Can't believe it's already Tuesday night. Can't believe it's July. Can't believe it's almost August. Like, where is time going? There is so much beauty in every day, so much that you can actually set yourself to achieve in every single day. But if you are so focused on all the things that you hate about yourself, like I said, if you draw a pie chart, how much of your day is taken up with food obsessions, thinking about what you can eat, what you can't eat, what you like about your body, what you don't like about your body, what you should be doing, what you can't do, what you need to do instead of what is it that I can do to move me that one step forward? What is it that I can do to enhance my life that much more? What can I add to my life to make it better? Like I added my dogs to my life. That made my life better. I realized I like coloring in. I don't do it much, but when I do do it, it's a nice distraction. I love running because when I'm running, I'm listening to podcasts and it turns my overthinking brain off. And that's the other thing as well. Like it's, we can easily say, oh no, overthinking is bad. I can't shut up my brain. I can't, I can't do this. But instead of trying to stop something, think of something you can replace it with that makes you feel good. That fills your cup of tea. And another thing on that is don't measure your progress to what someone else is doing and seeing that as progress. Like, oh, people this, might have, yeah, um, this is where I want, yeah. this is where I want this conversation to go. <laughs> yeah, but I'm introducing it in, I used to see people wanting, like doing all this meditation, people saying, hey, we can meditate on Sundays. Medi like I kept trying to force myself into that peg hole, but I, 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 I don't find that meditative. I find running meditative. I find moving my body and shutting up my brain that way meditative because meditation isn't about keeping your mind completely silent. It's about stopping all the crazy thoughts and just having more peace within yourself pretty much because your brain is designed to keep going. It's just that you're trying to slow those thoughts and focus it on something that's more at peace in yeah. my mind. Yeah. It's, it, I, I like this for a lot of reasons. You know, there's a, So I'll, I'll use the example like this. So we have a we have a board here at RevFit, and it's a and it's a top five board, and I have it split off into a few different sections. So there's the ladies side, there's the guys side, and it's I have it split off for trap lift, deadlift, squat, bench. So so the best of the best, the the top five in each of those categories, and you know I'll I'll use the ladies side as an example. You know, I have a couple gals who are in basically all of those boards. They're strong enough and capable enough that they are, you know, on three of four of those boards or, or whatever, you know, but, but basically pound for pound, they're the strongest. And what you'll see is a lot of times you'll see people come in and they'll go, well, how did that person get there? Well, um, you know, you have to consider a lot of variables. Number one, how long have they been here? Uh, number two, what was that? Like, what did it look like when it started? So I, I think off the top of my head, I think the barrier to entry in the, the trap bar deadlift um, in top five, I think it's 375 pounds. So I think just to even break into top five for the ladies is 375 pounds. So if I've got a, a gal that comes in here and if I've got a gal that comes in, she hits 200, I'm thrilled, thrilled that she can pull 200 pounds off the floor. And, and I don't care that it's not a traditional deadlift. I just care that she can do it because it's like, I bet you didn't think you could pull 200 pounds off the ground. Isn't that cool? But all they see is, oh my God, 
that person, that 370, I'm never going to get there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter that you never get there. It matters that you put the next five pounds on if you can put it on and you can do it safely and you can do it consistently. And then when you hit the wall, you know, coming back to what I said earlier about that, that strength plateau, when you start sort of pulling the, you know, pulling the lift back and spending time on, you know, volume so that you're not thinking about the next five pounds up, then you start learning a little bit more about your body and you start walking away from your, your workout going, wow, like I feel, I feel accomplished today. Um, and you start looking at, at again, this is where they, they, these two things start to cross over. You start looking at progress from a different lens. It's not just about making it into the top five. You may never physically be able to make it into the top five. And so the, the ladies, for instance, using that example that are in there, that's what they're good at. And they're focusing on other things to, to also be good at. Um, and you know, are they comparing against each other? Sure. Because the gal that's pulling 375 definitely wants the number of the gal that can pull 380 for sure. Because like they're within, you know, it, it's just a, it's a hair's inch away from each other. So but, it's actually realistic and that's what people don't look at. Like, yeah. What that, is for me? Right. Right. And so where the conversation has sort of shifted here, and, and then I'm saying this just because it's, it's fresh for me now here at the studio is I have a lot more ladies who are attempting and succeeding at their first pull-ups, chin-ups. Well, I'll say chin-ups to be correct, you know, an, an underhand grip, uh, vertical pull. And, um, and so the, there are the spectators that are like, why can't I do that? Well, what, what do these women, the women that are doing this, what do they have in common? Well, the, the weight range is between this. It's from here to here. And when you look at, you know, can they do things like, can they do a lat pull down that's very close to their body weight? Well, that's, that's one area to focus on. Um, are they within this given weight range of individuals? Yes, they're there. Um, can they do something like an inverted row or a feet elevated uh, inverted row where they really can sort of master pulling their body um, in that way. Well, if they do, they're probably in a pretty good position to do their first pull-up, um, pull-up chin-up. And so those become the things that we're sort of working on. Now, those same ladies may never be able to make the top five board on the trap lift because smaller individuals, they may not have the same upper end of strength that they may be able to achieve. Um, they've got to focus on other wins. They've got to focus on other things that they can excel at. And it may not be necessarily top five in a given lift, but they got other things they can focus on. So it's, it's sort of a, it's a long way of saying, focus on you, focus on the things that you are good at, that you can get good at, the things that when taking all of the things that you have to focus on right now, the things that you are capable of, what can you get better at? Because that's all that matters. Everybody else is just inspiration. It's not even a comparison game. It's just, you inspire me. Now I'm going to go do the thing for, for me because that's what I'm good at. It's, it, this can go in so many ways. Okay. So what makes a person successful really? And physically and mentally, okay, cool. Guess what? That person's already looking at who's on the top board and they're already wanting to, like, they're already comparing themselves. But the perception of their thought process there by themselves is I'm not there yet. Instead of reframing that at, in a way that's like, I'm not there yet. This is where I can go. I had this conversation. I'm, 
I have some, I have quite a few coaches I'm starting to coach now because that they want, like, they wanted the accountability. They wanted someone to tell them they're on the right path. And I guess it's also because we can be our own worst enemies. And an example of a coach that I'm now coaching is she just started training with me this week, like she, last week, but this week. She was doing an exercise for the first time and we recognized what her weakness was. And her quad drive is extremely weak. Her posterior chain is extremely strong. And after we went back and forth with me giving video feedback, I'm like, okay, so let's just drop the weight. Let's just do body weight. Instead of having the dumbbells by your side, I'll, I'll explain the exercise. Um, instead of having the dumbbells by your side, let's have a dumbbell in goblet position in front of your chest, doing a front foot elevated split split. Because my goal with that was to target the weakness of the quads. And I guess this also comes into sometimes you don't always need one of the bigger lifts and stripping it back down to the basics. Okay, so you're not gonna ever you're not gonna be able to get onto that top five board if we just keep training the squat, if we just keep training the deadlift because there are all these weak areas that we need to improve and strip it back to focus on those. It's almost the same thing. But as soon as someone sees where they're lacking or how far they have to go from somewhere, they immediately start that self-deprecating process and say, oh, why bother? Why do this? I'm not going to get there. There's all these weaknesses. But I actually have a new quote now. And it's weaknesses and valleys. Like, you can't have weaknesses and you can't have valleys like low points without something to compare it against. So there are high points somewhere and there are strengths somewhere because otherwise you wouldn't have identified a weakness. You wouldn't have identified a valley. So realizing what those peaks are and realizing what it took. Well, I guess we've been through harder times before and actually questioning ourselves and saying, okay, so how did we get through those low points and weak and those areas of lows before we got through them through grit and pushing through it to become a better version of ourselves anyway going back to the example our weaknesses are a point of growth they're they're, they're untapped potential untapped potential oh no 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 i just can't do that i i can't believe i can't do it now like i, I you just started like you you just started you just identified a weakness. Stop putting yourself down for something that you just identified. This is so good. Like I get excited. I get so excited when I when someone has a weakness all of a sudden because I've just identified it. As a coach, that is a win for me. As a client, that is a loss because they're just seeing what they're bad at. But no, 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 no. That is untapped potential. That is area for growth. And it is going to become an area of a high again. But then as soon as that's an area of a high, guess what? We're going to find another low. We're going to find another weakness. Guess what? More untapped potential. Anyway, it was even us coaches, because even she said, this is where I I actually get caught into places because all I can see is, oh, wow, I'm so shit with my quad drive. It's pathetic. Blah, blah, blah. Put myself down. But I can also say, hey, at least my posterior is really good. But my quad drive shit. Hey, hey, hey. No, 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 no. That's untapped potential. We recognized a weakness. How do you strengthen weaknesses? You work on them, you focus on them and you grow them. So you need to strip things back and coming as an ex powerlifter, my issue was my upper back. And I was already, I was already like 
topping all the records within my state. But then as soon as I went to go to the international level, I wasn't at top place yet. And no matter what I did with my deadlift, I could never lock it out at the top. And it wasn't a weak lockout. It was a weak upper back. So what did I have to do? The exercises and the things that strengthened my upper back. And before you knew it, I was pulling heavier and heavier weights. And now whenever I do anything, my upper back is so solid that you can actually see that it holds, like I haven't lifted really heavy in ages, but that still stayed with me because I've worked on a weakness to make it my strength. And it doesn't just fade away when you work so hard at it. And the same goes for when you're comparing yourself to the other people on the top board. They didn't just get there. You see this little, I am five foot two and sorry, I can't do pounds for kilos, but I'm 56 kilos. Five foot two, 56 kilos. That, and I was pulling 180 kilos, 190 kilo deadlifts. Have have someone completely just out of the blue start following me and see this little chick lifting really heavy weight. This is where people start to like accuse people of cheating or whatever it is that it is. But no, I've been lifting for over seven years and I didn't lift like half-assedly. It was back to that question, what makes a person successful? I've always had that mindset of, no, I want to be my best. I want to be my best because I can't be that person's best because that person isn't me. That person doesn't have the same structure as I do. I might have kids. She might not. I might have other responsibilities. She might not. I might be working 24 well, seven days a week, she might only be working four days. Right. What is right. it that is practical for you before you start comparing yourself to the next person? What is practical for you and your body type before you start comparing yourself to the next person? I, another example, how about food? So I thrive. This is where people can easily start getting more dogmatic. I'm on 200 grams of protein currently. People would be like, that's like four times your body weight. Not really, but it's it's 3.6 times my body weight in grams that I have in protein. People could easily say, oh, that's high. Oh, kidney disease or whatever they want to say. But it's like different things work differently for different people. Yeah. If I have low protein, I'm a starving bitch. Like I need my protein to be a happy person. I need my carbs to be a happy person. I'm on 370 grams of carbs, for example. Like I because I track my food, but I like some people won't be able to eat that much. Yet you'll have someone else saying, how can she eat that much? But you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know that you don't know that I run 40 kilometers a week. You don't know that I still, I train five days a week. You don't know that I've spent seven years of my life building my way up to where I am now to build decent muscle mass, to have the capacity to actually store and use carbs. Sure. Right. I've got my body to a healthy point where I can actually use carbs. See someone else, for example, it's just like, you need to question, actually ask questions, not only to yourself, but to others. And I really want to bring this back to the most important part of actually asking more questions because there is so much nuance to everything. So much nuance, like what's the best diet for me right now? What should I do with my training? Uh, you should do the big three, the, the squat, the bench, the lift. They don't know that this person 
cannot physically get into a squat. They 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 cannot physically actually get the bar on their back and get themselves into a proper squat. So that person's rate of progress is never going to actually see any areas of growth in the squat if they can't do it properly. It's coming back to that whole, bring it back to that person. What makes a person successful? The building bricks, laying the bricks, keeping them solid before you start to try and lay on the second story. Because you can't lay on the second story until you finish the first story. Like, can you imagine a building with a floating second story? That will look pretty ridiculous. Someone would think it's from Harry Potter or something. But you need to build the bricks and you need to build that solid foundation. And then you need to realize, okay, so maybe we don't have enough tools to build the bricks right now. Maybe we should go into laying some pillars, laying some cement here. Maybe we need to go and take a rest and then come back because we're starting to get tired from the labor. Like, it's not just go, go, go. You need to also take time to reassess where you're at right now and then move forward. Like that, that client, for example, if you didn't take the time to assess to see where she was lacking before you started breaking apart the squat, you would have just kept hammering the squat and seeing no progress. And I guess this is where it actually, you want to keep pushing and pushing and pushing until you realize that the cards aren't in your favor anymore. Then it's okay to, to stop going that way because the cards aren't in your favor. So maybe we should just lay the cards down and realize what is our next game of play because it's not that game. It's this game. So we need to go in this direction and then gather the tools that we need before we go back into that direction then get better at that game so it's all coming back to it's all coming back to you and how individual we all are how individual our progress all is because there is no way that i can tell jason to go and do my type of training right now because he hasn't yet built up the tools to do my training and there's no way that i'll be able to do his type of training right now because i haven't built up my way to do his type of training it's keep yourself focused on you and your direction because the more that you you are not just the sum of the five people that you surround yourself with because it's the 21st century you are not just seeing people in person you are not just in a circle of people you are you are consistently consuming information online you are consistently reading like reading people's arguments online you're hearing this person say that this person say that the more that you surround yourselves with different like facebook groups they're designed for certain groups of people if that is all that you are consuming that is all you will believe so you really need to question yourself is this is this appropriate for me right now is this where i need to be comparing myself against is this really what is right for me? Is this really what's going to move me forward? Is this going to make me the best version of myself? But then taking it back to where we started this conversation so we can end where we started. When you pursue anything, you need to zoom out because it's not just, is this serving me in pursuit of my weight loss? Is this serving me in pursuit of getting this number on the bar because there is so much more to it and if we don't actually realize we live 
we live life. We are human beings. We are emotional creatures. We procreate, we have relationships. We make money to buy things that serve us in one way or another. We work to like, we work to pretty much, that's, that's pretty much where most of our lives are at our jobs. And we don't have as much time outside of those jobs to do the other things that mean a lot to us, like foster relationships, care for ourselves, care after the house, care after our pets if we have any. There is so much more to this puzzle than just chasing the scale weight, chasing numbers in the gym. And this is why it's so important to realize health and fitness are there to make us better people. They're to make us healthier, to make us live longer, to make the quality of our life better. Put the emphasis on life there, quality of our life better. Because there's the effects of physical inactivity, but then the effects of taking it too far with overtraining, over dieting, but then not giving a shit, going the other direction. Like it's it's the messy middle that we need to learn to live in. Being our best selves, tracking what we can, but meeting ourselves with where we're at. Jason probably doesn't track his food to the nth degree like I do, and that's okay. People might say, oh my God, you actually track your food to the nth degree. Yeah, yeah, I actually do, and it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. So do what makes you feel good, and stop rushing. Stop rushing the process. Stop it, like stop it. Because if you were just starting out in your journey, if you were in, and when you were starting out, that's still considered like your first two months, your first four months, because that is still a novice in the process, because this is a lifetime thing, not a 12 week thing, not an eight week thing. This is something that you want to sustain for life because we don't have a weight loss problem. We have a weight maintenance problem because anyone can shred 10 kilos off you in friggin' 12 weeks but it's not going to be healthy. It's not going to be sustainable. So you need to see it from that lifelong approach. Enter where you are at. Enter the gates with what you have right now and do what you can with what you have. And then just keep taking those baby steps and focusing on your progress right now, checking in with yourself. And don't just look to see, I still have this far to go because, hey, you've already come that far. And don't just look at it down that tightrope. Look at it down that path because there's the physical progress you made, the mental progress you made. You probably lost some toxic relationships, which did you really good. And you probably gained some really good ones in the process that actually serve you. So what are the skills? Going back to the skills to end this with a nice question again. What are the skills that you are working on right now that are serving you in that direction? And are there any any habits, any skills that maybe aren't serving you right now, that maybe aren't taking you in the destination that you want to go because you're trying to do what Billy Bob is doing or Jilly Jane's doing. So question that. Don't put yourself into an uncomfortable situation because you're trying to do what other people are doing and it's it's leading you to this roadblock that's not moving you forward because you're trying to be other people and not yourself. What are the things that make you happy? What are the things that can take you forward? And what is your marker of progress that isn't focused on numbers and figures, but is focused on the qualitative side of life and of progress?
I, I like it a lot to think on. Uh, Ruby, we have one more together. So thank you for taking the time with me. And for those of you listening, hope you have an opportunity to download, subscribe, share with your friends. If you have an extra moment, please leave us an iTunes review. We will catch you next time.